The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max, SmackDown Review. And we are live, mid-yawn, to the W2M Network with the Wrestling to the Max Smackdown Live Review. Great timing, Sean. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name's Harry Broadhurst. I am your your host for the evening. And wait a minute. You're not Liz. <laughs> I, I am here again. <sighs> Who keeps giving this kid the keys to the castle? Come on now. I get to torture you two days in a row again. Oh, I'm not built for this. (laughs) What's up, Bisco? Brandon Bisco. You know, pretty soon Gary and Paul are going to try to talk us into doing the Monday Night Raw review for Wrestling to the Max as well. I I mean, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Yeah, but then I'd have to discuss Raw twice every night. And I don't Monday night. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, right. You have the raw reaction, so that would be a little trickier for you. Yeah, cheap plug, 11.30 p.m. live every Monday night, Chairshot Radio Network. All right, let's get to it, shall we? Yep. So, busy night in the WWE tonight, actually, with the launch of the Mixed Match Challenge and 205 Live apparently getting cut to a half an hour now in the wake of the Mixed Match happening here. Yeah, I'm... I'm surprised more people didn't realize this. I mean, especially with everyone complaining about how, you know, Raw is too long and, you know, the reason why 205 gets so dead is because of, you know, it being that third hour that no one really cares about. Did people really expect them to go all the way until 1130? I wouldn't have been surprised. I mean, it's it's not like they haven't done dumb stuff like that before. True, but with how they're basically, like, I mean, I know that this whole Mixed Match Challenge thing is only for a couple of weeks, but, I mean, they're kind of pushing 205 Live to the side again. I didn't, I was not at all surprised that it was only a half hour. I feel like 205 Live would be better off just going to 205 Live pre-taped from Full Sail on Wednesdays after NXT. I agree. But then you'd have to figure out a way to justify that into the live airings of the show on Monday Night Raw as well. And that's kind of your bugaboo there. But enough about 205 Live. This isn't that review. We'll talk 205 Live when we talk that in the Mixed Match Challenge debut a little bit later on. But for now, let's get into the January 16th episode of SmackDown Live here. And we start the show with the New Day. And all three gentlemen cut a promo about the modern day Maharajah. No, that's gimmick infringement if I keep it up any longer. Uh, that, that, I, I like that. That was funny how they just kept on going and going. I mean, it got a little long, but it was still funny. Well, there's not really a whole lot that you can talk about on, with Mahal, though. No. And let's be honest here. How many promos can you really cut about pancakes? <laughs> Plenty if you're the New Day. Clearly. 
you do realize what's going to happen here. This is going to lead to Bisquick-branded New Day pancakes. Well, hopefully, but, you know, I mean, we all thought that uh, CM Punk's dream was going to come true when they were bringing out the ice cream card, and that never happened. I miss the old WWF ice cream bars. Those were delicious. Then where, oh, where are my WWE ice cream bars? In the same place as Zack Ryder's push. (laughs) Very true. But anyways... This actually does lead to Xavier Woods taking on Jinder Mahal in the first of our two semifinals for the U.S. title tonight. And there's something else in regards to the U.S. title. We'll get to that in a bit. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> Anywho, my Kindle just shut down on me. How nice of it. All right. Anyway, I know what happens here, so I can go ahead and just handle this. Jinder Mahal picks up the win over Xavier Woods, pinning him with a coloss after about 18 minutes of action, about 14 of which was shown on television. Because, oddly enough, there was part of the match where they did not show it during the commercial break. I want to get your thoughts on the match first, and then we'll talk about Mahal advancing afterwards. Well, before I get into the match, I I also want to mention one more thing about their promo. It was uh, funny to hear them talking about uh, threes and uh, Biggie mentioning Home Alone one, two, and three, and then them deciding to say, "Oh wait, never mind, three three doesn't count." <laughs> I okay, so completely off topic here, but the okay. first movie I ever saw in theaters, Home Alone three. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the match, um, yeah, that was weird. I didn't, I guess I wasn't really fully paying attention at the time, but I didn't even notice that they didn't show part of the match on TV, that they cut away completely from it. Um, because now obviously SmackDown is doing the picture in picture thing during the commercials, which I like. Um, they do that during the main events. Usually the main event, they don't show the, during the commercial breaks well, because it's more of a live experience thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the main event is the only match that they don't do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a decent match. I mean, nothing really to write home about, though. I mean, Xavier has definitely gotten better in the ring, but he's still growing, and gender is just gender. So you know, it was every gender Mahal twenty seventeen match more or less. Pretty much, yeah. That wasn't against AJ Styles. Yeah, pretty much. Allow me to add that caveat. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of interesting seeing them, um, like, with Xavier going, or with them fighting out of the ring, and then, you know, Jinder trying to take the cheap way out and trying to get a count out, which is, you know, very much Jinder Mahal type style, and then Xavier beating the count at nine. So, I mean, there were a few interesting moments in this match. It, it was, but especially considering it was a Xavier against gender match and nothing really to write home about, it's crazy that uh, this went almost a half hour. Um, and, I mean, I'll talk about this more later, but I just, while, while on the real-time sense of it, it kind of went fast, I just felt like this, Raw just kind of dragged, or not Raw, excuse me, SmackDown. This SmackDown kind of just dragged and just, you know. We'll we'll discuss SmackDown as a whole towards the end of the show when we do our our score and our one-word review. 
Save your thoughts for there. Right. Uh, so that leads to a, well, technically a pre-tape promo with Baron Corbin because he gets a nice little Corbin graphic. Apparently they're going to do that going forward for SmackDown. I actually kind of like the idea here, the handheld camera interviews. Mm-hmm. I think that it's something that'll differentiate it a little bit from Raw, even though I do love me some Charlie Caruso. <laughs> and with Renee Young apparently going to be busy with as the hostess with the mostess <laughs> of the Mixed Match Challenge, that leaves them in a situation where they have very little in the way of a bit available interviewers. We do see one notable exception to that a little bit later on in the show. We'll get to that when we get to it. Speaking of Renee, she actually has an interview with AJ Styles here, and he talks about the match coming up at the Royal Rumble where he takes on Sammy Owens. Sammy Owens? <laughs> That's almost as bad as AJ calling them Cammy. Well, I, I thought I, I I thought of uh one earlier that would bring back memories for uh some certain old school WCW fans and one and a certain uh, member of the Rose fam Rhodes family who uh was on two oh five live tonight, I thought they could also call him seven. That's not funny. <laughs> oh yes it is. That's awful. How dare you reference Vince Russo on this show? Get out! Is I miss you already. <laughs> anyway, he talks about the fact that this isn't the Sammy and Kevin show. It's the house that AJ Styles built. We would not see anything else from Sammy, Kevin, or AJ the rest of this episode. Which was a shocker. Well, there is still a go-home next week, so I think that's kind of why with the focus that they put on the U.S. title tonight due to the fact that the title match got pulled from the Royal Rumble card. We'll mm -hmm. get to that. Mm -hmm. uh, all the women in the SmackDown Women's Rumble, all the women that are in the Women's Royal Rumble from SmackDown get a quick promo here. Your thoughts on anybody in particular that stood out? Uh... I thought Carmella's was pretty good. Carmella's was kind of interesting, um, but, I mean, the thing about Carmella, and, I mean, this is kind of getting off topic, but, like, you know, they've... That's what we do here. What? That's what we do here. Yeah, Go ahead. Um, but have they... I mean, yes, she mentioned it, and she had it in her hand during this promo, but, you know, are they actually ever going to do anything with her with the briefcase? I, I mean, they've still got five months. True. 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 Uh, not, uh, Dolph, really, just real quick, Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler held it all the way until the night after WrestleMania, the year that he won it. So that is true. But I mean, this, nothing crazy stood out to me. Lana's um, did. Yeah, Lana's was kind of interesting. Um, but that's it. I mean, there's nothing really, you know. I just realized something as soon as I mentioned Lana. Yeah. Where the hell was Rusev Day? Didn't, didn't they announce that they were... Well, no, they had a, a segment um, with like with them and uh, Brizongo. They had a fashion files thing. That wasn't shown on SmackDown. That was, that was .com exclusive. They showed part of it on, on TV. I must have missed that. Yeah, they showed part of it with uh, Rusev Day coming into, like, I guess their Fashion Files office or whatever. 
and like demanding a rematch, and then um, the fashion police say that Rusev Day will face the Ascension instead. I just saw Larry's review. Yes. Oh well, I completely missed that. That must have been when I was either getting something to eat or finishing up using the restroom. My mistake. All right. I apologize for thinking that Rusev Day was missing from SmackDown, although they weren't a big enough part of SmackDown. Anyway. <laughs> well, no so one's really Bobby Reed and Mojo Rawley. Um, I think there's a lot of potential with Mojo Rawley, but I do believe that this was the right decision. Heel versus heel for the final of the U.S. title tournament would have been dumb, not to mention Bobby Roode is the biggest face with the most momentum going into this tournament as he was the face in the three-way for the U.S. title back at the Clash Champions pay-per-view. Yeah, I definitely agree with you uh, there that they made the right call here with Bobby. Um, That being being said, I do think that Mojo is a future United States champion. Oh, absolutely. He'll definitely get his opportunity moving forward. He has the look. He's settling into his character, and his promo work has been superb over the last couple of weeks since the split with Zack Ryder. That being said, it is Bobby Roode via pinfall at 13 minutes and 10 seconds aired with the glorious DDT. The Singh brothers come out to introduce the modern day Mahal. Okay, that that bit's run its course. (laughs) And they attack Bobby Roode first. Roode fights them off as Mahal promises to take out Bobby Roode once and for all and to win the U.S. title. Bobby Roode demands a microphone very loudly picked up by the ring mic yelling for one (laughs) and says that why wait for the finals of the U.S. title tournament? They can do it tonight. Daniel Bryan arrives and hey ho, what do you know? There we go. (laughs) U.S. title match on for this evening. That's our main event. Which is good because they hadn't announced the main event. Funny how these things work out. <laughs> it's it's like it's determined or something. Anywho. <laughs> Moving on, Randy Orton promo about the rumble. I mean he he kinda he made some better points than some of the women did. Really? You're going to compare his promo to the women's division? That seems fair. <laughs> I'm just comparing the promos that we saw tonight. I just... Uh, Orton doesn't do anything for me, and I know he doesn't have a chance in hell of winning this year's Rumble after winning last year's and putting on that snorefest and that disaster piece of a match against Bray Wyatt last year. Granted, yeah. not Orton or Bray's fault. Yeah. The booking got the better of both of them. That being said, I don't imagine that they're going to have Austin become, or, or excuse me, Orton become Austin or um, Michaels or Hogan in joining them as the only multiple back-to-back winners of a Royal Rumble. Yeah, he's not big enough, especially now. That takes us to six-woman tag team action as Charlotte Flair, Naomi, and Becky Lynch, who all got full entrances once again because apparently we're running short on time tonight. As in short on time filled, so they had to have everybody do their entrance. Take on the Riot Squad. This time, we see Liv Morgan pick up the win on Naomi after Ruby Riot takes out Naomi with the Riot Kick, I do believe. Yes. 
So that allows Liv to pick up the win here. Just another one of those get everybody on television matches as far as the women's division goes. I mean, no, no Tamina, no Lana, no Carmella, but that's because the leader of the welcoming committee, if you could call it that, Natalia was involved in the MMC tonight. And also they... All of those people you mentioned, they got promos, you know, during that whole, you know, get everyone to talk about the Royal Rumble match. So did everybody in this match. But that's because she's the champion. That's Oh, true. Derp. The Usos have a backstage interview. Oh, wait, did you have any thoughts on the match itself before I move on? Um... Nothing really, you know, there. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, nothing really stood out. Yeah, it was there. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my question is, how many times can we see this same match or some variation of it before we finally move on? Probably another one next week. Uh, that would make sense, given the fact that it is... Uh, Maybe Liv gets her first singles match out of this against Naomi next week. Is Naomi in the uh, – no, it's Miz and Asuka against uh, – Miz and Asuka against um, – And Carmella. Right. So maybe Liv gets her first singles match next week against Naomi or something. Yeah. Basically, you have the mixed match challenge, and on SmackDown, it's a mix-and match challenge. <laughs> Who who's who's uh Natalia or not Natalia? Who's uh Carmel's uh partner again? Big E. What? Big E. Oh, Big E. Oh, okay. There was a vote on Facebook between the three members of the New Day and Big E won. Right. Speaking of tag teams, the Usos are backstage being interviewed by Dasha Fuente. <laughs> At least I think that's Dasha Fuente. I'm not sure. I can rarely tell the interview chicks apart. Her and Kayla look a lot alike. We've had this okay. conversation all the time on the show. Anyway, they're asked about the two out of three falls match at the Royal Rumble. They pl- they make fun of the fact that Gable and Benjamin can't tell them apart before stating that they are going to go into the Rumble as champions and they're going to leave the Rumble as champions. They then get laid out by Gable and Benjamin, who have two words to describe Jimmy and Jay, former champions. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's an interview attack segment that works well. It was kind of funny seeing them, you know, mix each other up and whatnot, you know. Nothing. Kind of playing off the fact that none of the fans can really tell them apart either. <laughs> exactly. Uh, do we discuss the elephant in the room here with the Usos, or do we just kind of let that one be? Uh, I don't know. I I mean, yes, now I think it would definitely make Gable and Benjamin more of the favorites than they already were. Um, But we'll see. I mean, obviously, they're not going to mention anything about it on TV or anything like that. But we'll see if he, you know, is forced to take some time off or something like that after they lose the titles. My guess is if they lose the title, something about it will be said on television. You think so? You would almost have to. I mean, as you said, though, this definitely makes Gable and Benjamin the favorite for next Sunday, does it not? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, when it comes to recent rap sheets, uh, uh, Gable and Benjamin zero, Usos one. 
we move on. Shinsuke Nakamura, Royal Rumble promo. Okay, so we all love the charismatic self that is Shinsuke, but giving him a microphone, or in this case, a, a handheld camera, probably not the greatest idea. I, I mean, get the I get the reasoning, but he works better when he has somebody to play off of rather than having to cut a promo by himself. And a lot of that has to do with the whole ESL thing that he has going. Oh, no, I agree with that. Um, I mean, that's the hole that WWE has kind of put themselves in when it comes to foreign guys is that they are so promo heavy and so promo based that like you know fans expect WWE guys to be able to talk so it's kind of hard for them to not do that so it, it there have to be some sort of balance I mean the, I mean, obviously, the easiest way to handle it um, would be to give Shinsuke a manager. But, you know, nowadays you don't have managers, really. So and especially not for baby faces. Well, exactly. Especially not for faces. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's. He had, I mean, maybe it's just me because I'm a big Shinsuke fan. Um, but, you know, even when he only says a few words, you know, his mannerisms and the way he says it makes you, you know, he has that charisma, like you said. So no, I agree, but I think he works better when he's playing off of people with said charisma rather than having to do something like this where he's by himself standing alone. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan are at ringside for the U.S. title match. Did that make you think that there might be some shenanigans afoot here, or is that just oh. me? Oh, absolutely. I was expecting it. I was full-on expecting a bullshit finish. Yeah. Oh, same here. That being said, we don't get one. Instead, what we get is Bobby Roode becoming the new United States champion, clean as a whistle, countering the Coloss into the glorious DDT at 15 minutes and 48 seconds. Yeah. I will say this much. For as much as I may knock Jinder, and I, I have my reasons to knock Jinder because, let's be honest, he's about as dull as dishwater in the ring a lot of times. And the fact that he, prior to July, he was a jobber for the last, I mean, yes, I know he only came back to the company uh, in August or in July of 2016, but even before that, going back to 2013, 2014, he was a jobber for the entire time that he's been in the company. That being said, I thought his I thought his rib work in this match was top notch, and mm. credit as well to Bobby Roode for his selling of the ribs too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that, def- that that's what you expect with someone like Bobby Roode. They, you know, him, AJ Shinsuke, they all know how to sell very well. They they gave them a storyline to work in this match, which I think definitely helped it be a, a lot better than the Jinder Mahal Xavier Woods match was. That being said, though, I still feel like this match was kind of disappointing in terms of overall match quality. I feel like these two are capable of more. Yeah, I mean, definitely Bobby. Um, you know, I agree with you that, you know, you expect more, especially from a main event. Um, but... Uh, you know, 
We'll see. We'll see where this goes because another thing, um, you know, you were mentioning uh, Shane and Daniel Bryan having some sort of shenanigans. I was half expecting, you know, Dolph to come out either during the match or right after. Well, I think that'll depend on how much time Dolph does or doesn't take off, whether or not he's actually coming back or not. If he does come back, I do feel like he'll confront whoever the United States champion is. Yeah. I think that's kind of a given. But at the same time, it's no guarantee that he's going to come back. No, I, I understand that. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with him if he is coming back. But, you know, I was, you know, if he was staying, I was thinking that this might be like, you know, everyone was talking about like this may being a storyline of, you know, oh, him, you know, I've seen the tournament over him coming out and still saying that he's the real champ and everything. Can I make a suggestion for Bobby Roode's next opponent? Sure. Sami Zayn. I could see that. I I think either Sami or since he technically didn't get his rematch, uh, Baron Corbin. I mean, if you want to go back to Corbin and Rude, you can. But at the same time, they just or I'm, I'm saying that a lot tonight. If you want to go back to Corbin and Rude, you can. But Rude did just beat Corbin in the U.S. title tournament in the first round. so That is true. Yeah, that is true. Whereas I feel like Sammy would be a fresh face in the United States title division here, and especially a rejuvenated heel Sammy at that yeah. point. It would, kind of, it, it would kind of be fun. Um, and they, they should have done it with uh, KO and Jericho, but um, – especially with them already talking about it and hyping it up uh, for the WWE title match, have have either Sammy or KO win the title over AJ at the Rumble and then have the other one win the US title and either one of them can intermix for both of them. I, I don't know how I feel about people that aren't champions defending belts that aren't theirs. It's it's kind of sat in my craw before when the WWE's done it, especially when people have gotten injured and they've had people filling in their stead, such as the um, the Randy Orton filling in for Booker T during the Chris Benoit best of seven. Mm. So I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to do it in the right way and everything, but I think they could, especially with them talking about it so much, it would be in. Over the last couple of months, it would be interesting to see them do it between either do it with, you know, Sammy and KO or do it with New Day or, you know, do it with someone where it it would be interesting to see the different dynamics that I could make. Do we have anything else to add about tonight's episode of SmackDown or are we going to go ahead into our final rating and one word review? Yeah, I mean, I'll just say my final thoughts during the final rating and review. All right, then. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, Brandon, where do you fall for tonight's episode? Uh, I'll give it a 6. I mean, the uh, the at, the addition of the, the U.S. title match um, earlier on in the show gave it a little bit more momentum than it had at that point. Um and the the U.S. title match, while it wasn't a five star match, it it was certainly decent. And you know, seeing Bobby win it clean and him getting his hand raised by both Shane and Daniel was nice. Uh, you know, and it's nice to see Bobby after all these years of you know grinding his way up there, 
finally getting a title in the WWE. Uh, but besides that, like I mentioned before, um, you know, it just, this show just felt like it dragged and they didn't really have anything that they were doing with it. It was just, you know, you had the two, uh, you had the two, uh, semifinal matches and then you had a random six woman tag match and then a few promos and that was it. Like it just, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but it just felt like it just kind of, you know, was just haphazardly thrown together. Yeah, I, I think I'm right around the same six level that you are. It, tonight's show felt kind of, I mean, outside of the U.S. title tournament finally reaching its conclusion, tonight's show felt kind of superfluous. It wasn't really, and that's going to be my one word to describe tonight's episode would be outside of the U.S. title tournament stuff, uh, superfluous, unnecessary, because a lot of the stuff that we saw outside of the U.S. title tournament matches, the six-woman tag match was nothing we haven't seen before. The Royal Rumble promos are things that we get every single year, and it's nobody saying anything different there. The only one to me, like I said, from the women's set that really stood out were Carmella based on content and Lana based on looks. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, because- my- the the camera angle on Lana was very flattering. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> my my one word for tonight, and I used it before. I'm gonna say haphazard. It was kind of just thrown together. The one thing I'm glad, and you've made me think of it, and I'm actually kind of glad. Although I'm probably jinxing myself now, and we'll probably see it twice next week, both on Raw and SmackDown. But one thing that I I'm glad that we haven't seen this year so far. Uh, because it always annoys me because they always, uh, they Don't always you uh, dare knock the rumble by the numbers video. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Get off my show. I'm glad they haven't shown it yet. I love the rumble by the numbers video. They have, ha- they, it, it, it annoys me because they always say that there are two men that have one from number one, but they only ever show one for obvious reasons, but it still annoys me because it's like, everyone's like, where's the other one? I, I love the Rumble by the Numbers video, so I'm going to entirely disagree with you. I liked it if they could actually do it legitimately. I love the Rumble by the Numbers video, and I have a Royal Rumble book that I read as well that I really enjoy, too. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a mark for the Royal Rumble, man. It's oh, my so favorite pay-per-view, I. even ahead of WrestleMania. Oh, so am I. I mean, last year fell flat for me because one of my favorite things, I mean, this might be because of when I first fully started watching WWE, but, like, one of my favorite things during the Rumble is not knowing who's going to come out next and seeing all the surprises all of the surprises and last year fell flat for obvious reasons. Well, the lack of surprises mostly. Well, exactly. Because uh, like, you know what? Like 25, well, not quite that, but like 22 of the 30 men were already in, announced before the show even started. Pretty much. I mean, it's just going to end up being a case of how much are they willing, how much are they going to be able to keep secret and how many people are they willing to bring in here, especially with the 25th anniversary being next Monday night there. How many of those people are going to bleed over and actually see action in the rumble itself? Yeah, but I would hope that we don't get a ton of, 
oh, I'm in the Rumble. Like, I want to be surprised. I don't want to know that. Like, I would. Like, last year, if they hadn't announced that, like, Undertaker and Goldberg, like, everyone kind of knew that they were going to be in it, but, like, if they hadn't officially announced it and they had just made a surprise appearance, the pop would have been huge. I agree with that to an extent. I mean, I think Goldberg, you kind of had to. Yeah. Oh, no, I understand that, but I just love the surprises. I, I, I agree with you there. I'm not going to argue that. We'll see what happens with uh, ne- next Sunday's Royal Rumble. Uh, speaking of the Royal Rumble, myself and Patrick Ketza return with WU Reacts for the 2018 Royal Rumble. We will then have our first official episode back two weeks later because we're not stupid enough to run up against the Super Bowl. <laughs> we know better. In addition, the... Man, it's hard to believe it's almost season finale time, Brandon. Yeah, I know. The conference championship preview edition of the kickoff is tomorrow night here on the WTM Network. Myself, Brandon, Eric Watkins, and Sean sits in as our executive producer slash part-time contributor as we will break down what happened in the divisional games and talk about the AFC and NFC conference championship games upcoming this Sunday as well. And we get to listen to Eric laugh at both of us for doubting his Jaguars. Well, now this is going to be the week that I root for the Jaguars and they end up crap in the bed. I I was so annoyed that I didn't because I was, my gut was saying pick the Jaguars, but I was my head was like, no, there's no chance, especially in Pittsburgh. But they proved me wrong. Well, uh. We'll talk to we'll talk about those games with Eric and we'll talk about everything else coming up on Conference Championship Sunday this tomorrow night here, Wednesday, for those of you listening to this episode on a delay. Do we have anything else to plug before we get out of here, Brandon? Mm, my new uh, f- fantasy football podcast that will be starting the week after the Super Bowl with a year in review. Um, and then you and I at some point will be doing a Monday Night Wars uh, show. Yeah, we're we're still putting together the whole Monday Night concept. We'll to let everybody know more details about that once it gets finalized. So if you're a fan of anything related to wrestling, football, entertainment, movies, video games, and all that, so much more, you can check it out online through the W2M Network at W2Mnet.com. For Brandon Biscuit being filling in for Liz Puglisi, I'm Harry Broadhurst, thanking you for listening to the SmackDown Live review here from Wrestling to the Max on the W2M Network. We'll see you in a bit for the 205 Live and MMC review. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.